April 14, 2023. It's the Watt for Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Watt for Pedro Show. Happy Friday. Uh, started off John Coltrane with Miles Davis doing Little Malone. And then we had Balk. At least we tried because of those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got with me. Yeah, the main uh, Balkster, I guess. <laughs> Reed yeah. Taylor. Welcome aboard, Brother Reed. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Absolute, absolute. And uh, yeah, so I got some stuff in the hoot line and played it. And, and here we are. So please yeah. br- bring me your earliest music, musical recollection, please, because we want to learn about your journey through music. Okay, great. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I started um, I, my earliest recollection of music. I, I'm not really sure, but my parents had a piano in the house, and uh, my dad played a little bit of piano, and uh, I took some piano lessons when I was pretty young. I didn't really... Uh, I didn't really stick with it. I didn't really have a big uh, uh, love for it, but uh, but but, I, but it was your earliest memory. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So at least it did that job. Look, brother Reed, you don't know how many cats have been on this show, and they almost got chased away from music because of the piano lesson experience. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I think it ain't the idea of the lessons or the piano. I think it has to do with the teacher. Right. Right. Well, I. You know, I actually didn't didn't mind the piano lessons. I mean, piano is a really hard instrument. You know, uh, I mean, all instruments are hard, but like, <laughs> good point. <you> know, <laughs> but piano, you know, has its its own set. You know, every instrument has its own set of challenges, and piano, you know, as well. So, you know, as a kid, you know, it's uh, I I, uh, I I didn't dislike the piano or the piano teacher. It was just a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, not as uh, not as maybe fun as uh, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, well, uh, ju- just you know. think about I, it. I, they got one button for every note. That kind of makes it kind of unique. Everybody else, we got to get our notes up out of a, right. a, a few right. sources, but they got a fucking button for each note. Uh, let right. me ask you this: yeah. What about uh, in school? Were you in the marching band or uh, the choir, shit like that? Uh, well, I eventually, uh, around middle school, I, uh, I, uh, did, uh, play trumpet and, uh, I auditioned for the trumpet section and, uh, my, uh, band teacher put me down on the third trumpet, of course. And, uh, you know, I didn't know. She said, you know, I, I let you have a good tone, but I, I hear you, you know, kind of down, on the lower end, and I didn't really know what that that I I just kind of thought that meant I I wasn't very good, but I think she honestly, uh, she was a trombone player. Ah, bass clef, so, bass clef. So I, yeah, so I think she heard uh, maybe maybe had some like kind of uh, foreshadowing of me becoming a bass player. Yeah, because the bone, right? Bones bass clef. Yeah. Uh, big mouthpiece so, too. I, I from my friends. They told me it's easier to march with than a trumpet. Yeah. Let me well, ask you this. Happened? Let me ask you this. Yeah. First, a uh, first record you bought with your own money, please. I. Uh, it's kind of hard, but I would probably have to say like uh, uh, either Def Leppard, uh, Pyromania, or um, maybe uh, Minute Work. Uh, you know, business as usual, something like that, you know, some kind of 80s. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Uh, yeah. First gig you saw? 
first gig I saw, uh, I would say um, I saw I saw Camper Van Beethoven was the first gig I saw. Um, my parents wouldn't really let me go to any gigs, uh, but in tenth uh, grade, I guess I saw Camper Van. I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, Navy uh, Town. Yeah, yeah. I heard your, I heard your show the other day, and there was some <laughs> some other guy that was from there. Cra- kind right, of crazy, right, but right. um, I saw them. I saw them at Einstein's. Uh, A go go. Yeah. So, oh shit! I uh, played there a few times. Uh, I, I I I saw I saw you there when I was in tenth grade as well. Okay, yeah. because uh, like grandpa or, or pops or somebody there would make you fried chicken. I remember playing. It's right on the beach there. It wasn't my first Jacksonville Beach gig. Minutemen actually played a pad called the Blighted Zone. Oh, okay, and that, that was yeah, that, that was, was a freaky yeah. fucking scene. <laughs> I'll tell you. So so let me ask you this. You're talking about you got on the base. How'd that happen? Uh, well, um, kind of a long story, but uh, I took guitar lessons after piano lessons, and uh, uh, I kind of learned, you know, how to play a little bit of guitar. And uh, but the the teacher that I had on guitar, he taught all the instruments and uh, was proficient in all of them, and his whole deal was that if you went through this system that he had and could learn and could play, like he picked out 10 songs. If he, if he, if you could play those songs and went through them, then you could pick out any song you wanted and he would teach you it. So I got through all that and was like, uh, started taking him songs to, to learn how to play. And basically he would, I could tell that some of the songs he had never heard before, but he, he played them by ear, like kind of right on the spot. Yeah. And uh, eventually a little bit later on, I never took bass lessons, but I started kind of just, you know, I, I, I picked up the idea of learning songs by ear, you know, from him. And I took that to the bass and I started playing bass and I played bass in uh, my brother, a band my brother and his friends were in. And then my my neighbor across the street, uh, we both got into the Minutemen at the same time, and I learned a bunch of the uh, I learned the cut, you know, the the Minutemen song cut, and uh, yeah, I wrote that. Of course, yeah, and uh, <laughs> not of course. Steve Boone and Georgie wrote songs too. Yeah, well, so my, I learned, my, my, you know, like we you? Would, he, he played drums, so I I, I just kind of. You know, once I heard Double Nickels and all that stuff, I got really into the bass, and that's kind of what I've, where I've been since then, you know. Well, can I ask you, yeah. what was your first bass? Uh, I had some kind of like a, a guild. I don't even know the model. It was, it was. I, I think it was supposedly a pretty decent bass at the time. And what about an amp? Uh, probably just a, uh, you know, like one of those PV uh, smaller PV kind of things, you like know, one fifteen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. And, and your buddy, what was his name? Who's the drummy? Uh, this guy, Steve Barricat, uh, lived across the street from me and he was a drummer and a really great drummer. And, uh, we just jammed, uh, what did you guys, of- did, did you give this group a name or was it just a jam band? Uh, that was kind of a jam band. We had a band when we were younger that was called the Malefactors. Uh, that was just like kind of us messing around as kids, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, what uh, kind of material 
Were you writing your own or was it covers? Uh, that was just like kind of a joke band. We had a couple of originals, but this was when we were in like third or fourth grade. So, you know. Oh, it was... shit. <laughs> that's young. That's yeah, cool. yeah, you, weren't, so... you weren't on bass yet, right? You were working the guitar? Yeah, back then, yeah. But, okay. Uh, what this about... was like, yeah. What about so... when you and uh, Steve get together later? Do you start uh, composing your own stuff? Not, not really. Um, you know, we just played a bunch of covers and then, you know, we, we, uh, he went on to be in a band where he, he wrote his own music and, uh, we kind of, uh, went our separate ways at some point. Um, and, uh, around that time I started playing upright bass and getting into jazz and, and kind of going down that road. Whoa, an upright uh, bass. What, yeah, what, what was your yeah, first so upright bass? Was it plywood, like a K or something? Uh, the first bass was uh, I, I, I rented a bass for about three months uh, just to make sure that I was, you know, uh, um, that I was, you know, I, I, took, I, I rented it just so I, you know, to see if I was into it, you know, and then I ended up buying a, a, like a, this Hungarian bass that was kind of like a K bass uh um, very similar. Uh, you know the K's, uh, those those plywood K's. Uh, they were real yeah. popular with rockabilly guys. Right, right. Well, they're great bases. You yeah, know. they're real they, strong, they, uh, right? They, they could walk up the side of them and shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, they got a lot of punch. You know, yeah. they can really they they really project and get a lot of sound out. You know. Yeah. So um, uh, just without you know, um, so that's kind of they're they're, you know, a lot of the great bass players played on K's, you know, which are, you know, uh, considerably uh, on the, the cheaper end as far as basses can go in that, you know. Uh, I remember, play, uh, you know, Charlie Hayden jam, jam okay. with uh, Minuteman, and he had a 200-year-old French. I can imagine the Ching Kwando that motherfucker was. But he could yeah. really work it, man. Look, you gave me this music here, uh, Steve Powers from Balk. I want to play it, okay? Yeah, okay, great, thanks.
That's what man he does all day. That's what man he does all day.
From Pedro Show, that chunk of music started off with Balk doing Steve Powers. I think Steve Powers was a cat from television, right? Uh, I thought Steve Powers, I don't know about him from television. I thought that was a friend of mine that I played. Oh, music okay. Never mind. Over. Never mind. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was a character. I didn't even a real person. <laughs> I mean, he was a kid. He is wherever he is. He is a character. He is a character. A different <laughs> one. Yeah. Okay. Angry Silence after that with Brother. 
Jeb Lloyd Nichols was a man do all day. Uh, Jan Bart Lou out of Netherlands with Edinburgh, Edinburgh Snow. Dame Area. Tempio Senza Luce. 19 minutes 40 seconds with Plantasia. Andre Vita out of Berlin with 0618. Shit in the Midnight Mexican Highway. They're out of Japan, people. Want is the song. And then Balk finally with No One Cares. So the stand-up. Now, what'd you, what'd you do? Well, of course, you started learning on it. But did you get in a band with the stand-up right away? Uh, well, no, what happened was uh, the reason I got into that, you know, my brother uh, got me kind of into jazz. But uh, I was living in the D.C. area at the time. And uh, I went to this jazz club. And I walked in, and I, I went to this uh, this place called the One Step Down. That's not around any long uh, anymore, but it was a great ja- little tiny jazz club, and uh, kind of like uh, I don't know between uh, not in Georgetown, but kind of close to that. Uh, and I walked in and, and saw this show with uh, this piano player, Larry Willis, who is like a big uh, great piano player and uh, this bass player. And I just was blown away by it. And I talked to the bass player afterwards. I was I was like, oh, I want to I want to try and learn how to play bass. How do I do this? And he said, well, I'll help you. I'll help you uh, find a bass to rent, you know, and you can take lessons with me. And uh, so I took some lessons with him. And uh, maybe after like four or five months, he, he was he said, oh, you, you know, you can you can. Uh, if you if you stick with this, you can get pretty good. And uh, you know, are you going to jam sessions? And uh, and so I I uh, started going to jam sessions, and then you know I uh, started playing more and getting uh, you know it's just a mind blow for me because I could barely play it all, but I was getting called for gigs. You know, like not too long after starting to play. And, you know, getting called to play gigs and, and actually getting paid a little bit of money. So I was like, wow, you know, this is crazy. Um, but uh, And it all came from seeing a cat at a gig and talking to him after. That That's right. fucking bitches. That's, I yeah. love that. That yeah. seems so, like, non-jive and, and authentic, you know? Right, right. Well, the guy, the bass player, you know, he's a bit, he, he played with Roland Kurt, Rashawn Roland Kurt. Sure, and sure. Jackson, all these, all these great guys and he's still alive. He's 83 now. Um, so I, I, you know, it's like, I've been lucky. I've met a bunch of uh, great people, great musicians. Um, you know, I'm, so I'm very fortunate to, to, uh, you know, as probably I'd like to complain a lot, but, uh, uh, I, I have been fortunate to meet a lot of uh, great musicians who I'm still friends with to this day. Um, you know, you know, oh. something tells me in the in the second hour here, I'm going to play something from the Ned Gold Trill. This is probably that stuff, huh? Um, that's actually much later. That's like fairly recently. That's like oh, okay. maybe uh, maybe two or three years ago. Um, uh, that's Ned Gould is uh, somebody I've played with for maybe the past 15 years. Him and his, his he plays uh, tenor saxophone and his son plays drums, uh, Charles Gould. And I played trio with him for, uh, I'd say, at least uh, around 15 years or so. Yeah. Okay. Then tell me, how does Balk come around? 
Uh, well, you know, everything's kind of tied together somehow weirdly in my world. So I, uh, you know, I got really into the jazz thing and I, you know, uh, with the, with the upright bass and all of that, it takes some, you know, it's not like, uh, for the faint of heart, you know, it takes a lot of dedication and Fuck really, no, it but, kicked my ass, you know, in the nineties, I tried and I ended up making a 45 of kill rock stars, but man, was it tough. I kept wanting to go sideways. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just like the whole, you know, and, you know, playing jazz, you know, you, you got to learn like, you know, 506, you know, you got to know all these songs and be able to do all kinds of, um, you know, you, you really have to, um, it requires a lot of study and, and work to, to be even kind of halfway decent. So, uh, you know, periodically I've gotten kind of burned out, you know, I, I don't like doing the same thing all the time. And, uh, I got an acoustic guitar at some point, like around 2009. And I started writing. I just I wasn't like set out to like write songs or anything, but uh, I ended up writing some songs, and uh, and I wasn't really planning on doing anything with them. But uh, my friend uh, uh, guitarist Aaron Dugan, uh, who I've played in with a bunch of bands with uh, the Salty Balls thing that I know that you, you've played some before. No, I played a bunch of that shit. I got it, you know, mysteriously in the mail. I didn't know what the fuck was about, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he was uh, he was on a going somewhere to a plane in some festival, and he was on a plane, and he met uh, Jason Lowenstein from Sebado. Sure, bass man. Yeah. And he when he got back, he and, you know, he ended up uh, talking with him and kind of becoming friends with him. And and I, at this time I was living in Brooklyn and he and my friend Aaron was like, oh, you should get in touch with Jason and uh, and try and play your songs with him kind of thing. Uh, and, and I talked to Jason and, you know, Jason's just the coolest guy out there. You know, he's just a really nice guy. Absolutely. He recorded my uh, recorded my songs with me and him. He played drums and I played bass um, in my apartment. And he recorded it and I did most of the overdubs. And uh, and then my friend Aaron played some guitar and that was kind of the first album. And then the, he uh, we kind of used that formula for the first couple of albums. Uh, and that was that was a lot of fun. Um, and we played some gigs in the New York City area for a while. Um, but yeah, Balk was just something. It started out as just something. It's never been something that like, oh, I'm trying to do this band kind of thing, you know. Um, I just wrote some songs, and then gradually, a bunch of my friends. Uh, wanted to be involved and help me play them, play the songs live. So my friend Brian Marcella has always been involved with it. Um, he's a piano player. Um, he's kind of in more in the uh, John Zorn kind of world. He, he's on uh, Nels Klein's. Uh, oh, Nels he's Klein, an old buddy uh, of mine. The, his last, uh, that Blue Note album uh, sure. he did, Nels Klein from a couple of years ago. Well, Nels uh, Klein's a Blue Note artist now. And I think, you know, <laughs> that the head of A&R there is Ravi Coltrane. Oh, okay. Can I ask you this? What was the yeah. first bulk song you wrote? The first bulk song I wrote, uh, 
Uh, let me see. I think it was called Another Season Gone, and it's on this first album. So you didn't give it to me. Because the sense I get from what you're telling me there, Brother Reed, yeah. is bulk, it kind of goes song by song. It's not like, like you say, you got a core thing going with the piano player here, but different guests like kind of determine where the music's going to go? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I've kind of had the same people, you know, the same group of friends, uh playing on it jason uh lowenstein he played on the first three things and then he was busy with sabado uh and so the last two albums my friend uh nick collins from ann arbor uh has played uh drums and been kind of heavily involved on the last couple of albums um so it's kind of just like uh you know, there's really no set band, but there kind of is at the same time. Well, kind of thing. you're, you're so, involved. You're the center of that universe. Right. I'm going to have to hit the pause button because we reached the end of the first hour, the April 14, 2023 edition Wapito Show. Special guest, Brother Reed Taylor. Hold tight for hour two. April 14, 2023, second hour, Wat for Pedro Show. Sound. 
Watford Pedro show start off the second hour with Bach doing bass player song. Love it. Bondo after that with low tech death tape super bass. Yeah. Get it? Low tech. That, that, that means you know, bajo, right? Uh, anyway, uh, death tape super bass from Chicago with high flight, even though it's low tech. <laughs> okay. Abshaku, the ecstatic truth for Werner Herzog. Bajan boy. This is a Brother AJ out of the Netherlands. And then finally, Brother Reed was just talking about senior salty balls with Just Cause. Just Cause. You're playing bass on this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what, 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 was a lot of that stuff improvised? A lot of it was, yeah. That, that was my sense. Uh, but the, And I know you guys were having a good time, but I, I always dug it. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of, uh, uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. Uh it was just kind of one of those things for fun. Uh, the 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 guy that plays drums on that is one of these guys that uh, he was a uh, started out as a metal drummer and then he became a bass player and he's a great bass player. Uh, Jason Fraticelli, uh out of Philadelphia, he's one of these guys that can play bass uh, amazingly and drums as well. So uh, yeah, no well, power to him there. I, well, I think. Man, if I had, if I was like the schools are, you couldn't graduate without being a drummer. Because I think you can play anything good if you can play drums. It's, right, it's that's all true. rhythm, right? That's true. Yeah, and they're the only ones not in denial. Biggest mistake Minutemen made was putting George Hurley in the back. You know, last twenty years I've always had my drummers down stage, right at the lip. Right, so right. Uh, tell me about this bass player song. <laughs> Uh, the bass player song, I, I don't really know what to say about it. It's just kind of uh, uh, a lot of my uh, uh, biggest bass player uh, influences there, uh, all from the um, uh, basically all from the jazz world. Um, uh, you know, I play this, you know, different people hear this song and they're saying, oh, how, how can't, Ming you know, why is it Mingus in this song? And you forgot Charlie Hayden and, you know, but uh, that's just like, you know, so I, at some point I'm going to have to do a bass player to, you know, version two, Here's uh, a trip. version two. Here's a trip about Mr. Mingus. He never composed on the bass. He always composed on piano. What about okay. you? What do you compose on there, Brother Reed? I... I guess for bulk, it's it's usually um, uh, acoustic guitar, and uh, maybe every once in a while, there uh, like every once in a blue moon, a song will be uh, uh, come up with uh, on uh, on the keyboard, you know. But um, and, and some songs start off with a bass riff, you know, and are just but, kind of built you around that, you know. You, you uh, like see. that song, no one cares. I guess if you. you you played that. That that's kind of a bass uh, riff. You know, a couple of different bass riffs turned into a song. You know. Now I uh, asked this because I was asked by Bass Player Magazine the future bass. And of course, I was going to say eight, ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty-eight strings. And I said no, maybe not. Maybe the future bass is using it as a composition tool. That that's that's really great. Uh, Really great point, yeah. Because um, like, like you just said there, some bass lines. The same thing happened when I I did this project Nick Reinhardt was part of called Big Walnuts Yonder, Nels Klein also and Greg Sarnier. 
Mm-hmm. And when he was doing an interview with this thing, because I wrote eight songs for the Proj, he wouldn't call them songs. He called them bass lines. And, right. you know, just like Chico, it reminded me reading about Chico Hamilton not being able to get songwriting credits for drums. It's like somehow bass players and drummers don't write music. They just kind of travel along with musicians because there's some kind of jive, phony, fake thing. And I just don't buy that. Right. Well, I mean, uh, you look at uh, Charlie Hayden wrote a bunch of amazing songs, you know, music. And uh, there's so many great, uh, you know, obviously Mingus and. um, Yeah, but he wrote on the piano. You know what Charlie uh, Hayden told me once? He said in the 60s he was looking for work. So he decided to buy a Fender P, an electric bass, right? Like mm-hmm. my union card used to say Fender bass. That's what they called an electric bass. He said just to write jingles so he could get work up. But he was, yeah, it's a trip. Look, you gave me this uh, modulator song called C Sharp. Let's listen.
that zombie out of its cage Might have ought not a profit from the fear and rage Grievance baby has a beef Shot some people in the street Maybe you ought not a start the civil war again Maybe I oughta not have a computer for a phone I missed the sunset yesterday My mind was nowhere close to home I read a thing that made me mad I saw a thing that made me sad I smashed some terracotta Maybe I oughta not Life's a reach and then you fly Character's fate on a soggy paper plate I think I smell a rat, it's probably me, imagine that Maybe you ought not dive on Atlantis again There's nothing down there for you but heartache and emptiness Statues swaying in the kill Lots of people you can't help Maybe you ought to not a Be careless what you wish for It's an easy road to hold Life's a reason and you fly Character's fate On a soggy paper plate I think I smell that Probably me, imagine that
Passing on the right Abstain Meeting up with fate Playing their hand grab game For late nights Forget about your sleep The artist wears the crown We're closing this place down So now you know You're backstage Hey, how was the show? You're backstage When can we go? Take them all inside Their energy won't be denied It's last call It's last call Didn't you feel involved? Yeah, didn't you feel it? Oh, it's true So enter at your own risk Do the math Everyone has to pay Whether or not you can play So be kind Everyone's flat Pull the curtain back If you're sure you know how to act Where were you last? Backstage You got your pass You're backstage So did you pass?
Watt for Pedro Show. Got to mute that one. Okay, that took music star on modulator, C-sharp. Maybe Yada Nada, demo from Dan Jones and the Squids. Adam Trumbo, backstage. Hum, Hucklebucker from Hubert Selby Jr. Infants out of Dublin, Ireland. Kato Hideki, Savage. And finally, Ned Gould Trio, we were talking about earlier. The Flows. Yeah. So C-sharp, hip, hip us to the modulators. Uh, so the Modulators is a band. It's uh, the the piano player I was telling you about, Brian Marcella, the guy that uh, uh, that plays with Nels some and is kind of in the the John Zorn world. Um, he wrote. Uh, he has. He's a very prolific composer. He has all kinds of different uh, bands and projects. Uh, and this is the the Modulators is music that he wrote, kind of inspired by. Uh, Twin Peaks and uh, um, that host that he was really the Twin Peaks show and David Lynch and all of that. Um, so this is uh, uh, it's kind of has this like surf right. I don't know it brings together a lot of different stuff. Um, but uh, and the drummer is Kenny Rahowski, who's a great drummer. That's kind of in the um, he's in a bunch of different. Uh, metal bands and improv bands. Uh, um, but yeah, this was all Brian Marcello's music. And I just, he asked me to play bass in this band. And uh, that's one of the songs on the album. Oh, bitchin'. Yeah, I think David Lynch does some music on his own, like playing synthesizer. I know his son does too. Right, right. Uh, uh, Alex Hungtai from uh, Dirty Beaches told me he was jamming with him and stuff. So, uh, yeah, really interesting. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, April 14, 2023 edition. Why Pedro Show special guest, uh, Reed Taylor. Hold tight for our three. <laughs> April 14, 2023. It's the third hour. Watt for Pedro Show.
monuments were cracked and war-torn. All false idols around, we had to tear them down. Like we will say
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour. Balk doing Albatross. Just wrapping up. Brother Reed about John Wobble. Got to see him with Public Image. Uh, great, great bass man. A lot of low end. Kind of, a, yeah, really influenced by the reggae guy. Family man, right? Mm-hmm. Barrett. Barrett, yeah. I got to see Family Man Barrett once with um, Bob Marley. Incredible bass man. Samuel, uh, Samuel Locke Ward after that with that Iowa Sky. And he's out of Iowa City. Makes sense, right? Libraries on fire. Supernatural disasters. And then finally, Balk with Winter Version. So, do you make demos for Balk? Or do you just strum chords for your buddies? Uh, I usually make some kind of really, uh, really rough, uh, crude demo um, before getting, you know, uh, before I try and play it with other people. Um I try and uh, I try and I, you know I'm really I'm not I can't really play drums all that well but I'm really into uh, really into drum I'm very spe- kind of specific sometimes about drums because I hear stuff coming from bass you know from drums and bass a lot so no no, uh, no. so, so a pe- lot of times I'll make these crude demos where I'll play drums uh, and and do like a bass and and a uh, guitar just. Just so there's an idea of it, you know, uh, of what uh, what I'm kind of shooting for, even though if I can't play it, you know, technically all that great. Um, you know, if you, that's if you think about it, if you it, think about it, yeah. If you think about it, closest note to us on stage is the kick drum. Right, right. And I remember I had a few months ago gone like the. AM radio station here that does the Dodgers, you know, and this guy, what, what are you trying to do with the bass? So I'm thinking, man, how can I relate this to, so they'd understand, you know? So I said, you know, that kick drum? He said, uh, yeah. I said, well, I'm trying to get the bass to dance with it. That's a great, that's a great thing to say. Because it's a great way to think about it. To keep it loose. So it ain't like we're such a cliche or some kind of, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's, right, every tune calls for its own bass part. It's not like there's a generic bass part, right? There's many ways you can do it. That's one thing I learned early on the bass. So many ways. But the way you approach it, that's going to have a big say in how the song is going to get fucking delivered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's why the, the I mean... That's why the Minutemen were so inspiring in a lot of ways, just because of that. I mean, so many other things. Okay, but yeah. okay. Let's talk about them. D. Boom showed me this song called The Product. And he was going through these chords, and I thought, well, D. Boom, what if I don't fucking follow the chords and just stay in the one root? And you can, like, dance around that. So I just played one part. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's what's, uh, you know, the, all the, um, you know, the bass lines and all the, with the way you guys interacted, it was always, you know, it was different. It was, it was always creative and original and, uh, but, you know, you can hear uh, so much and I, you know, I, I still hear so much in, in that music. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I could have followed those chords, and that would have gave it a whole different feel in a way. I, I don't know if you remember this song. The pro, It's on Buzzer Howl, yeah, and it's got I, a, I know the product very well, yeah. Trumpet solo by Crane. Exactly, yeah. First time we ever tried that. And then 
And Dee Boone loved that so much, like all the songs of Project Mersh have trumpet. <laughs> yeah. Shows well, to go you, you know? And we we never knew anybody who played trumpet when we were kids. But, you know, your life goes on, you develop, you, you meet new people. I think this sounds like your journey through music. Yeah, well, you know, there's a, there's a, my friend Dan uh, Blankenship plays trumpet on, he always plays live at the gigs if he, if he's available and he always, he's played on a bunch of the albums and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's funny because if you hear trumpet now, you know, people, if they hear trumpet in any kind of, uh, setting there, they, you know, there's the band Bell and Sebastian, they have a trumpet player, the famous, yeah. uh, British band who, who are great. I love them and whatever. But if, if anytime, like, you know, a trumpet's in a band now. It's like, oh, they're yeah, they sound like Bell and Sebastian because there's a tr- you know a trumpet in the band. Well, I always my first you know the was the Minutemen hearing trumpet. Oh, you can have a trumpet in the band. That's fine. You know, it's, there aren't any rules in it. You know, it's not like the trumpets like can't be in a in a, a band that you know you would you would think you know in a in a whatever punk whatever you want to call it a punk rock band. You know. Um, so, yeah, I, I always thought it was like a great, you know, there aren't any rules in this, you know, with, with you guys with having the trumpet on that stuff, you know. No, no. You know, it was just a trip. You don't know until you know. <laughs> hey, you gave me this uh, tune here. Real long story.
Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Start That chunk started off a balk, doing a real long story. Then we had Suzu Airy. Uh, this is a woman alone solo act, but I think in collaboration. I don't know exactly, but it's a very interesting piece. Fata Morgana, track one or two. So, uh, finally, Bulk with Feather in Your Cap. Brother Reed, what's next for Bulk? Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, we're, we have a couple of gigs coming up. It's very rare that we, uh, I haven't really played gigs, uh, in quite a long time. Um, I think maybe 2017 was the last gig. Uh, but I'm trying to do at least a few gigs is, uh, in support of, uh, this, you know, but now, you know, bulk is expanded to now, right now, if there's like a live, I mean, we don't have to do it this big, but, if everybody can make it, it's nine people in the band. So Whoa. that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> obviously, but, uh, uh, you know, I guess we can, we can do a gig with as, as, uh, as few as four or five, I guess. But, uh, ideally we have every, you know, if everybody's on board, it's like an, it's a whole like kind of happening thing. But, uh, um, we're playing, uh, May 18th at Pete's candy store in Brooklyn. And, uh, what is it? June twenty seventh at the Rockwood Music Hall in uh, New York City, uh, you know, on East Allen Street, right off uh, Houston, and uh, Manhattan, right. And hopefully, try and get some other gigs. Well, you know. besides gigs, what about composing and recording with Bulk? Uh, well, I'm already starting to think about that, uh, and hoping. Uh, to do something, uh, in the, you know, as, as soon as possible, you know, uh, but there is, a uh, this label and Greenpoint, uh, heard some of my music somewhere and they invited me to do this, uh, thing that they have where you record live and they cut it straight to vinyl. So we're doing that on June 28th. Um, we're going to do, I think maybe seven or eight songs. So I'm going to have to get in the woodshed for that and try and learn how to play these songs and uh, make them sound good enough to uh, be able to do them kind of live, you know. Now, these are songs that you ain't recorded yet. Oh, no, no. These are just uh, Ah, so they're going to be other versions. They're going to be newer versions. Okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be like kind of more of a live version. You know, the past two albums, you know, the, the... album before this was kind of like done at the beginning of COVID. So I, I haven't done any of those songs live. I have two albums worth of songs that I haven't done live. So I'm just trying to figure out that. And, uh, but I, I'm planning on recording uh, just brand new material. I'm working on some new songs and hopefully later this year, uh, start thinking about recording them. And uh, where can people find out more about you and your music on the internet? Um, there's a website that, uh, is pretty brand new, just kind of working the kinks out. It's, uh, bulkmusic.com. People, B-A-L-K-M-U-S-I-C.com. Yeah, there's that. And then there's, uh, uh, Bandcamp. Yeah, uh, corporate things. Camp, oh. uh, and, well, you probably uh, yeah. got links at your site to that site, those sites, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. Well, let me, let me put out an invite to you. 
when you get this new stuff composed, recorded, will you come back on the show and we can I, play it and talk about it? I would love to, of course, anytime. Oh, that's yeah. that's uh, bitching. And I'm going to wish you a lot of success, especially if you can get all nine of them cats up on st- stage, yeah. including yourself, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I hope to see. Are you are you coming to New York anytime? I know you're you're not touring right now. Are you coming to New York anytime later this year? I'm gonna help Mike Bagetta with the MSSV tour in the fall. Oh, great! So September, October, November. Be looking I'll all keep, over the country, and of course, I'll be in your parts. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out. See if you got probably the Mercury Lounge or something. I'll try and yeah, check you out. Yeah, I like playing I'm, there. And. uh Whenever you're ready, you please bring, please. Okay. Okay. Great. Thanks so much. Absolutely. People, it's been April 14, 2023, a Dishwap Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.